Well, hi everyone. Today I'm going to talk about some things to do if ever your funding gets cut. The question is this, how do music teachers like you and me find ideas, resources and the energy for teaching? How do we teach in such a way that inspires our students and inspires ourselves on keeping on going day after day? That's the question and in this podcast we give you the answers. My name is Janice Tuck and welcome to the Weekly Spark for Music Teachers. So welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Spark for Music Teachers. You know, I just love this time of the year, the sun's shining out there, life is good, so many wonderful things going around in the world as the world comes out of this pandemic now, and things are starting to, you know, really take place, we're starting to get back into schools, and things are happening everywhere. So today I want to talk about funding, particularly what to do if your funding has been cut. Now, I don't know about you, but you could probably hear in the tone of my voice, but in my head, I've got these inverted commas going around the word cut when I say it. And you'll see why when I explain this in the podcast. So quite often, I see these kind of conversations on places like Facebook and other places in social media, and I hear people talking about it as well. Now, usually the conversation goes something like, my funding was cut, ah, (laughs) or my room is getting taken for someone else, or something kind of similar to that. So normally what people say back is something, you know, to return this that's generally helpful and, and hopeful for people. People say things like, well, that's terrible. You know, you should contact your union about that. Or I had a similar thing happen last year. Or can't you start a petition and change it? Now, it's not those aren't helpful suggestions because they are. It's just that one thing, and that is the most important thing, I think, has to change about that. And it's clearly not changing through any of those suggestions. And that is the person's mindset. See, there are some people who just complain. We do it without the awareness. We're just doing it. That's the truth. They sometimes want to compare their situation with other schools, other states, other countries. They sometimes want suggestions on what to do. But basically, I see it as complaining. So what does complaining do? What does it change the situation? No, it can't. There's no way because you're emotionally involved in that complaining. I get it. Things have been bad, particularly last year. We've seen changes and restructuring like never before, especially for areas like music. I really, really feel for someone who's had their job change. I really feel for someone who's lost their permanent classroom or has had a reduction in funding for their program. But things are what they are. And, you know, we've got to learn to be flexible and change our mindset about it. And if you can change your mindset and you can deal with these restructures, you can stick with it and you can change your life. So here are six helpful ideas for changing your mindset about things like funding cuts to empower your world so that it works for you. It makes it a win for you, makes a huge difference to not just your teaching life, but to your whole life. So if you're ever in this situation, take notes, come back and refer to this often because I believe this is just something that is so important. So strategy number one is to change the language that you use. So the words we choose to have have a huge effect on how we feel about something. So have you have you ever known someone who you walk up to and ask them how they are and they go, uh, better than dead or I'm okay in a really low tone. Now the contrast that with someone when you walk up to them and say, how are you going? They go, fantastic thanks awesome thanks for asking that's so lovely of you all of those things it's a huge difference in those two people so who knows what's happened to them that day 
And what does it matter? The second person might have had just as had a horrible day, but they're using words to bring themselves back up again. And so they do that when they talk to you. It doesn't actually matter what's happened to them in their day. Most people who ask, how are you? Most of the time are far too busy to actually listen to the answer anyway. So politicians know the power of language very well. If one party keeps funding the same for something, instead of increasing it to match inflation, the other party will describe it as a savage funding cut. Bom, bom, bom. <laughs> Talking about how people will be disadvantaged over this whole thing. So just think about those strong words, savage funding cut. It's like we're actually getting physically cut with a knife. It's awful. Just think about that image. You're getting hurt. You're getting pain. The politician wants you to feel that pain because they don't want you to choose the person who made that cut the next time you're at the ballot box. (laughs) So it makes sense. But this language, the funding cut, is something that's been used to manipulate us so that we vote the right way for them. It's a change in funding. It's not as actually, it's not usually as bad as it all seems. It's a change of funding. That's it. So if this happens to you, I invite you not to think about it as a cut because that will simply make you feel really bad about it. So what do you say? Well, you think about what you do have instead of what you don't have. So if you've only got $1,000 instead of 5000 this year, say, that's awesome. I have $1,000 that I didn't have to pull out of my own pocket. I have funding to make a difference in the kids that I get to serve this year. When I could have had nothing at all, they didn't need to give me anything. The next year, I'm going to find a way to get more. And think about everything you can do with that $1,000 and the value you can get from it. You know, you can get enormous value out of that money sometimes and all the opportunities you're going to have to be able to create with that money. So I'm not saying just to ignore it. You've got to see how it is. But don't go around thinking that it's worse than it is because you didn't get that much last year. And don't magnify the hurt of the words that you choose. So strategy number two is to change the way you're thinking about it. So this is an extension from changing the language because you've got to not just change the words that you're using, but you've really got to change the way that you feel about it on the inside of you in order to make a real difference. So you've got to feel incredibly grateful for what you have and not be thinking about what you don't have. So even if your funding is zero for this year and you've been told there's nothing in the budget for you, what can you do? Well, you can do some things. You can start by making an inventory of what the school music room does have. Think about the value of the piano, all the instruments you already have, everything in your room or on your cart. Think that you have the privilege to use this amazing equipment every single day and you're benefiting from years of funding that your school has provided for you in the past. That's something, that's a good, strong foundation. Also, you can think about the skills that you have, the experience and the training that you've learned. These things are assets. These are your strengths. So you might have zero instruments and zero funding, but you might still have a voice. And so just like Whoopi Goldberg did in Six Act 2, you can start a choir. So change the way you think about it. Every school is going to be different. And the way you're focusing on it and the way that you focus on what you have and not what you don't have. Strategy number three is to understand and appreciate your administrator's world. So what did I say? Understand and appreciate your administrator's world. But they're the bad ones. You know, they've done this to me, Janice. What are you thinking? But do you know what? I bet your administrator really wants you to have all the money you want deep down inside. I'm sure that's what they really want to do. They don't want to cut you or drop your funding or whatever you say it is. 
I'm sure that he or she really wants you to have everything you want. Of course they do. However, you're just having to deal with the funding that they have been given from higher up. So there's always this chain of command, if you like. Your administration is working with the budget that they've been given. And so they've got to distribute it fairly among the departments in the way that they see and what they're responsible for. So rather than being upset and angry about the funding situation, change your approach and try to understand and appreciate and be grateful. If you do that, then you'll get more flow to you. You'll be known as the nice one. And no matter what happens, your administrator will want to look after you in the long term. Number four is to always be on the lookout for funding opportunities from many and varied sources. So how does funding happen anyway? Well, usually it's project-based. It flows down from the politicians who want to change or improve something. Of course, it's not always the way, but the opportunities are there. So one thing you can always do is be on the lookout for funding opportunities. Look for funding programs from state and local governments. Look for grant schemes and look for ways to make funding for things happen. When you see things happen, make applications. When you see grants being offered, make applications. It doesn't hurt to be in the game, even if you don't get it. And the more applications you put in, the better you're going to get at it, the more likely it is that you're going to get what you need in the long term. Number five is to set goals for what you want to achieve in one year, then three years, and then five years. So this is a big one. I love goals personally. I think goals are a huge and critical part of anything in life, but particularly for teaching. So if you're a music teacher in a school, you're running a program. You know, you're putting together a lot of different people and a lot of different energy in one place. And even if you're employed as one teacher on a team, you're still running your own program. One of the first speakers I ever heard was a man called Brian Tracy. Now, he's got these amazing books and audio programs. He's been in this game for many, many years in this motivation, um, skills and leadership and so forth. Now, he says one thing that always sticks with me and I'll always remember it. He said to me, you should always think of yourself as a business, as a corporation. Now, I know that sounds a little bit thick to start off with, but no matter what you're doing, think of yourself as you ink. So how do you want to show up every day? How do you want to present yourself? And what are you wanting to achieve? What does you ink mean and what do you want it to happen in the next year, the next three years and the next five years? What is that going to look like? Is it to put the concert band together again and tour your country here and eventually overseas? Is it to have an amazing jazz choir and have the students make an album? Is it to be able to get the kids to sit still in one place for the whole lesson? Or is it to put on an outstanding musical that's going to inspire the whole next generation of music theatre stars from your school? What is it? What are you wanting to achieve? Now write down these goals and then think, what do I need in terms of resources and funding to make that happen? Even if it seems hopeless and there's no way around it right now, it doesn't matter. No one can actually steal your goal. No one can steal your dreams. They're yours. You can And you must have these goals because without the vision, you won't get there. So no matter what actual position you have in your school, vision is extremely important. And it's you, Inc., that's going to make it happen. Number six is to enroll your whole community in goals. So lastly, get people on board with your vision. Now you're running a band or a choir program. Get the students, the parents and the community around you. Get them enrolled in your vision. Invite them to parents' nights. Invite them to things that they can see their children improving. Make it happen. 
Make them a part of it. Make them feel like they're part of the team. Make them feel like they own the experience. They're part of it. They're coming on this ride with you. And you combine that with a strong vision yourself and you'll be amazed at what you can accomplish. So I do hope this has gone somewhere to help you. And if you're in that situation and you've had a change in funding, then I don't want to seem like I'm not supportive of a situation because I really am. I've been there too. And if you've had a change, then I really feel for you, especially at this time. However, I'm not going to join the Complainers Club with you. I just like to say, see it as it is. Don't see it as worse than it is. Don't make up stories about how bad someone was to you and giving that to you. But then go ahead and see it as better than it is. Create that vision. Get that passion back. Build strong foundations. And you know what? You never know what's going to happen. So thanks for listening. And I'll see you next time on the Weekly Spark for Music Teachers. So if you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast service. It helps us spread the word. Also, you can head over to funmusicco.com forward slash weekly teaching ideas where you can join our mailing list and get free access to hundreds of fun music teaching ideas and resources for the classroom. So make sure you're subscribed and don't miss an episode. And I look forward to seeing you next time on the Weekly Spark for Music Teachers.